also have ministered in every nursing home and assisted living uh, home here in Thomasville, Georgia. So, they, have, they are ministering, they're using their senior years to serve the Lord by serving others, and uh, we are certainly proud of them. So thank you all for, again, leading us in worship this morning. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to continue our series entitled Matter. The professor of psychology, Richard Beck, that said we all want to matter. To be the focus of respect, esteem, and interest. Every one of us in here, from the youngest of us to the oldest of us, we want to know that we matter. That we are special. That we are the focus of respect and esteem and interest. Every one of us here. I want to share with you this morning... And by the way, I think that it gets the most challenging. Now, I haven't experienced this yet, but just from observation and listening, I think it, that gets the, the, the idea of mattering and feeling significant gets the most challenging when you reach your senior years. Because there's a sense of, well, society is done with me. And we tend to put those off to the side. But look, that's not the way God intends it to be. That's not the way God sees it. That's not the way we as God's people are to do it, nor is it the way the world is to do it. So this morning, I want to encourage our senior saints, but I also want to encourage the whole church that uh, we give respect, that we give honor, and that we give a place of service and ministry to those who are seniors in their age. And uh, God has a place for every one of us here. And I know that just because this message is geared towards uh, more encouraging of our seniors, there's, God's got a word for each of us here today. I think God will speak to you if you'll listen. But I want to share three statements from Scripture to remind every one of us, but especially our senior adults, that you do matter. So the next time you look in the mirror and you say, Yuck! Or, Wow! How I've changed. Or you look back in the photo albums and you say, Woo, I used to look good, but mm, what happened? And uh, I want you to write these things down. I want you to remind yourself of these things. And I want you to repeat your, these things to yourself because these are biblical truths about your mattering. First of all, I want us to read 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 18 all at once. And then we're going to come back and break it down. Let's stand together to honor the Lord and His Holy Word. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-18. I am reading from the New King James Version. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence and the pow of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. 
And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. God, use this portion of your holy word to speak to our hearts today. We need to hear from you. Holy Spirit, you inspired these words. Please inspire me and put your word on my tongue, that people not hear me, but hear you. Be encouraged, be challenged, be drawn ever closer to Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. So here's the first truth I want you to remember and write down. When you look at the mirror, in the mirror, each morning, I want you to say this to yourself. This body possesses a treasure. Let's practice. Say that with me. This body possesses a treasure. Now, what is that treasure? Well, look at verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then he says, we have this treasure. The treasure that we have within us is the glory of God in Jesus Christ. If you have been saved, if you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, your body possesses the glory of God. You're not only now made in the image of God, you are now remade in the image of Jesus Christ, and you're becoming more and more like Him. The Bible says that in Romans 8. It is God's will to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ, His Son. So you possess. So when you look at yourself, you don't, don't look at the outward. Well, that's what we focus on, isn't it? The outward. We judge ourselves and we judge one another by the outward. God says He wants you to know that you possess a treasure, and this treasure is the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. You're, and, and when you condemn yourself or you condemn others, maybe because of outward appearances, you know what you're condemning? You're looking down on the glory of God. You're looking down at the person of Jesus Christ. God wants you to see Him in you, not just that reflection looking back at you. He wants you to see His reflection in your life. You possess a treasure. This treasure also, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19, is the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that your bodies... Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you saved? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? You know, if not, I hope that's what you will do today. That's the only, that's the only thing that's worth living for. That's the only thing that's going to guarantee you eternal life in heaven with Him. And if you're saved, your body, this flesh and blood. I, you say, Brother Lee, can you explain that to me? No, I can't. I can't understand or explain how God chooses to come live inside this body. That doesn't make me God. That doesn't make you God. But He chooses to live in this body. So senior adults, you see things back in your reflection that you don't like. We, we younger people, 
I still like to refer to myself that way. <laughs> Feel the same way. We see things, even teenagers, they look back at their and they see things they don't like. Listen, you're, we look at the outward. God looks at the heart. The Holy Spirit of God. God doesn't, you know, God doesn't move out when you reach a certain age. He doesn't say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm going to live and work through the youth only. But once they reach a certain age, they, they're too old and tired. I can't use them anymore. Let's move out. You think God does that? Of course not. Your worth, senior adults, is not found in your health. Some of you here today are battling some major health issues. And you feel worthless. You feel like, I can't, I can't do what I used to could do, so I just don't matter anymore. You know, Dad, I remember what you told me a long time ago when, when you were going through something. It still stuck with me. But you told the Lord, Lord, I want you to heal me, but if you don't heal me, I'll be the best sick servant you've ever had. I'll help me to be the best sick servant you've ever You know what? God knows your limitations. Your worth is not wrapped up in your health. It's not wrapped up in your appearance. We like to put on our best. But we realize that our best doesn't always measure up to what it used to. Your worth is not wrapped up in your age. Whether you're young, some people take pride in their youth. Some people take pride in their, their older age. But your, your worth and your value is not wrapped up in your age. You know what the, the psalmist said? David said, my age is as nothing to you. Now you compare your age in light of the eternal God. God had no beginning. God who has no end. What is my age? It's puff. It's nothing to him. Senior adults, your worth is not even wrapped up in what younger folks think about you. You know that? And young people, your worth isn't wrapped up what your what older folks think of you or your peers think of you. Your worth is the treasure of God within you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you your body possesses that treasure. No matter your health, no matter your wealth, no matter your age, no matter anything, your body, if you're a Christian, you possess a treasure. And this treasure is in an earthen vessel. You know what? The New Living Translation says, translates it, your, your, this treasure is in fragile clay jars. The treasure of God Himself coming to live inside of you, literally, in your body. Fragile. Some of us, yet, you know, younger people, they don't feel so fragile. I remember that. In, indestructible. Fearless. We didn't feel fragile when we were young. The older you get, the more fragile you feel. The more weak you feel. But it doesn't matter if you're young or middle-aged or old. The Bible says this treasure's in an earthen vessel. All of us are fragile, like fragile clay jars. Our bodies. But what's the miracle is that, and look, notice that verse, what he says about this fragile clay jar in verse 8. We're hard-pressed on every side. We're troubled on every side. 
Some of you here today can give witness to that. Every turn, you, you feel troubled. There's trouble all around your life. You know why? Because we live this fragile existence in the temporary body. He said, but we're not crushed. We're persecuted, but not in despair. I'm, I'm sorry, we're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. This is the... This describes the experience of living this life. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. Being flesh and blood brings a great amount of strain and pressure upon us. Not to mention the temptations uh, from the devil. Not to mention the things, as Mr. Norman mentioned, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy and so we have all of this surrounding us, but yet in Christ, notice he says we're not crushed, we're not in despair, we're not forsaken, we're not destroyed. So this earthen vessel, we feel all the woes of this life. We feel all the pains. Almost everything hurts. You know you're getting older when almost everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> all the names in your little black book end in MD. You get winded playing chess. You look forward to a dull evening. And I just want to stop right there and say, you know, many of you have asked me, did I get rest on my vacation? I said, I, and so my response to you is, we had a wonderful time nonstop. When you take young people on vacation, it's nonstop. And I remember that when I was a kid. I did that to my daddy and my mama. But restful, mm, we, I had to take a day after to rest. But fun, yes, we had great fun. But uh, I, I looked forward to coming home to a dull evening. <laughs> so I know I'm getting there. You turn out the lights for economic, not romantic reasons. Your knees buckle and your belt won't. You're 17 around the neck, 42 around the waist, and 126 around the golf course. You sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. You try to straighten the wrinkles in your socks and you find you aren't wearing any. <laughs> That's a good one. And a little old gray-haired lady tries to help you across the street and she's your wife. <laughs> that describes this life. We're all headed there. You know what's funny? Is we all want to live longer, but none of us want to grow old. Now think about that for a minute, how stupid that is. You don't want to get old, you just want to live longer. Well, you can't live longer without getting old. You're going to get old. Three ladies were discussing the travails of getting older. One said, sometimes I catch myself with a jar of mayonnaise in my hand while standing in front of the refrigerator, and I can't remember whether I need to put it away or I was starting to make a sandwich. <laughs> the second lady said, yeah, sometimes I find myself on the landing of the stairs and can't remember if I was on my way up or on my way down. The third one said, well, ladies, I'm glad I don't have that problem. Knock on wood. Oh, who's that at the door? <laughs> you see, nobody wants to get old. Nobody wants to feel old. We don't want to be fragile. We want to be strong and powerful all of our lives. These earthen vessels, these fragile clay jars, that just doesn't describe what we want to be. But that's the magnificence of it. 
that God chooses to dwell in such fragile things as us. And the more fragile and the more weak we feel, the more power of God is made known in our lives. That's what he says in verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So you see, this treasure, when you look in the mirror and you say this body possesses a treasure, here's the second thing I want you to say and remember. This treasure gives my life purpose. This treasure gives my life purpose. Look at verse 10. Paul says it like this, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And then back up at verse 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What's this purpose that God gives you because of, the, of himself in you? First of all, he wants his power manifested through you. But the more proud we are, the more strong we think we are, the less God's power can be manifested in your life. It's through weakness. It's through brokenness. It's sometimes through broken downness, which none of us invite, none of us want, none of us ask for. But it's in those times of our life that God's power is ushered in. That's what Paul learned in 2 Corinthians 12. As he had that thorn in the flesh and he asked, God, to remove it three times. And then God said to him in verse 8, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Hmm. God's strength is not made perfect in my strength. Isn't that interesting? God's strength is not made perfect when you're at your best. God's strength is made perfect when you're at your lowest, your weakest. Isn't that interesting? And that's the words of God. He says, Paul went on to say, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that is, my sicknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, this treasure this, that God has given you Himself in you gives you purpose. No matter what your, the condition of your body might be, it gives your life purpose that God's power be revealed through you. And he says also that the life of Jesus may be made known. That's what he says two times. Once in verse 9, at the end, I'm sorry, once in the end of verse uh, 10, and once in the end of verse 11. That in your bodies, in your bodies, the life of Jesus may be manifested. What does it mean to be manifested? That's one of those big words. Just be, means to be revealed. That your life can reveal the life of Jesus. Even though you're carrying death in your body. Hey, all of you are dying. Do you know that? I hate to tell you that. By the way, newsflash, you're on your way out. You may not feel it yet. 
but all of us are dying. We're carrying about death in our bodies because the wage of sin is death. We have all sinned, and we, we're carrying that, that, uh, that curse of death upon us, but it doesn't have to be eternal death. By faith in Jesus Christ, He became the curse for us. He says, Paul says in verse 12, He said, death is working in us, but life in you. But see, while we're carrying death and death is working in us, those who are in Christ, those who are saved, resurrection is also working in you. He says in verse 13, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. How about that? You're going to be resurrected. Death's working in you, but so is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul said in Acts 20, 24, he says, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul got it. Paul understood, and Paul lived to be an older man. He understood that, no, he said, for me to live is Christ. Yes, to die is gain, but as long as I'm alive, I'm going to live it for Christ. He said, I, my life's worth nothing to me unless I live it for a purpose of telling the good news of Jesus Christ. One author wrote, as one approaches the three score and ten age, thoughts as to, the, as to future usefulness to the Lord often occur. Therefore, I remind you of Psalm 92, 13, and 14. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. And he's not just talking about the church or even the temple. The house of the Lord in that time stood for God's presence. Those who abide in God's presence, those who are, who are devoted to Him, he said, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Senior saints, you still matter. We need you. God is still using you. You may not feel like it. But see, God sees everything from His perspective, not ours or somebody else's. While on vacation with the kids, I spotted, this was actually on the way home, I spotted a huge dead tree trunk. I mean, it was huge. It was about 15 to 20 feet tall. Big old thing. I probably couldn't have put my arms around it. All the bark had fallen off. It was scarred from top to bottom. A huge gaping hollow was at the bottom of this tree. By all outward appearances, that tree indicated a lifeless, that trunk indicated a lifeless, useless tree. But on the top of that tree, that seemingly dead trunk, on top of that grew a beautiful, new, green, thriving tree. It was as if someone planted, climbed up that old dead tree trunk, dug a hole in the tree, filled it with dirt, and planted a new sapling. On top of that old tree trunk was a brand new tree. It grew straight skyward. The leaves were a pretty spring green. 
It appeared vibrant and alive and ready to provide shade for a whole new generation. It was as if that old trunk was saying, I still have something left to give. I may be old. I may, be appear, I may appear dead and useless. But I've got more to live. And I've got more to give. And I'm giving it. You see, it's not about you. It's not about your health or your wealth or your appearance or your age. It's not about how much you used to do compared to how much you can do today. All that is in, is in God's hands. He has something. Just like I said, these. Just going to every, you know, in the last year, this choir has gone to every nursing home and assisted living and the senior center to minister to the old people. They're doing what they can. And we have, how, I would like to know how many senior adults we have still teaching in that preschool building over there. I'd like to know how many senior adults we still have teaching Sunday school to, our, to other adults. You see our ushers, some of them are young men. Some of them are senior men. You see, because that's, this church believes and always will that senior adults still have a place of service and ministry here. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. The great evangelist George Whitfield was relating the difficulties of the gospel ministry to some friends, and he said that he was weary of the burdens, and he was glad that his work would soon be over and that he would depart this earthly scene to be with Christ. The others admitted having similar feelings, all except one, a Mr. Tennant. Noting this, Mr. Whitfield tapped him on the knee and said, Well, Brother Tennant, you're the oldest among us. Do you not rejoice to think that your time is so near at hand when you'll be called home? The old man answered bluntly that he had no wish about it. And when he was pressed for something more definite, he added, I have nothing to do with death. My business is to live as long as I can, as well as I can, and serve my Savior as faithfully as I can until he thinks it's time to call me home. George Whitfield said, I took that as a gentle rebuke from the Lord, and it helped him to go on in his work. You see, this treasure gives your life purpose no matter your age no matter your physical condition and this purpose is for eternity this purpose is forever look at verse 15 to 18 Paul says for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God and notice three things in verse 15, 16, 17 and 18 he first of all compares the inward over the outward you see, God wants every one of us here today to get a new perspective on life. It's not about how young I am. It's not about where I'm at right now, going through all these uh, changes in my, my life and Tana's life. Our kids are, are growing and leaving the nest and, and getting married, and, and that brings its unique challenges, and, and, or the challenges of, of retirement and, and no longer working and feeling fulfilled at a job and, or living alone. As, as senior adults do. Doesn't all of those, God wants all of us to gain a different perspective, an eternal perspective. He says, don't lose heart. 
Now, why would he say that? And by the way, that's the second time he said that in this chapter. He opened this chapter in verse 1, don't lose heart. In other words, don't get discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged. I easily get discouraged. I bet you easily get discouraged when things don't go right. He says, even though our outward man is perishing, what does that mean? That means that that earthen vessel, this flesh and blood, it's on its way out. You're dying. Newsflash. Yet the inward man, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. How can that inward man be being renewed day after day? Because of the treasure that's within. It's God's life in you. It's Christ in you. And hopefully you're nurturing that through time in God's Word, through time with Him in prayer, through just experiencing His presence throughout the day. Giving thanks and gratitude to him, as he mentions in verse 15. Henry Durbanville, in his book, The Best is Yet to Be, wrote, I feel so sorry for folks who don't like to grow old. I revel in my years. They enrich me. I would not exchange the abiding rest of soul, the measure of wisdom I have gained from the sweet and bitter and perplexing experiences of life, nor the confirmed faith I now have in the love of God. For all the bright and uncertain hopes and tumultuous joys of youth. Indeed, I would not. These are the best years of my life. The way grows brighter. The birds sing sweeter. The winds blow softer. The sun shines more radiantly than ever before. I suppose my outward man is perishing. But my inward man is being joyously renewed day by day. Well, that's the perspective I need. That's the perspective I want. I tend to long for the days when I was a lot stronger and didn't have to worry about this midsection stuff going on. You know, and I could have more energy. But I, I want an eternal perspective. Young people, same for you. Old folks, same for you. It's inward over outward. And it's weighty over light. Paul says in verse 17, this light affliction. Wait a minute. How can God say light affliction? Does he know what I'm going through? I'm battling cancer. That's not light. I've lost a loved one. That's not light. That's heavy. I've got this dreaded uh, disease, or I, I have lost my job, or, or my finances just are not coming together. How can God say that's light? He can say it's light when you compare it to something greater. Our light affliction. Now remember, Paul wrote this. Remember what Paul said about himself, his testimonies earlier, and I'm not going to go back and read it, but how he was beaten, how he was uh, he was whipped, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked. He, he'd gone through all kinds of terrible experiences of life. And he's the one that said, our light affliction is but for a moment. Doesn't feel momentary though, does it? Feels like it'll never end. But he said, it's working for us. Your disease, your financial problems, your loss, your whatever it is, is working for you towards he said a far 
more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He compares the light, the affliction of this life as light compared to the weight, the glory that God has within us and that's prepared for us as heavy. Again, we need a change in perspective. It helps us to get through what God has allowed to happen in our lives. And notice the last thing he says in verse 18, the unseen over the seen. While we do not look at the things which are seen. How do you, how do you not look at the things that are seen? <laughs> Think about that sentence for just a minute. We don't look at what you can see. We look at what you can't see. Does that click with y'all? That's like, how do I do that? How do, I, how do you practically not look at what you can see so you can see what's not seen? Well, you can only do that by the grace of God. You can only do that with a renewed mind. You can only do that when you're reading the Scriptures, when you have a biblical worldview, when you're looking at all of life through the lens of God's Word and the lens of, of that glory of God within you. He says, things which are seen are temporary. Things which are not seen are eternal. What you can't see is of greater value than what you do see. So you see, when you look in that mirror this afternoon, tomorrow morning, you remember this body possesses a treasure. This treasure gives me purpose to live today. And this purpose lasts forever. It's, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than my, my years of life. It goes on for eternity. It never ends. God has a greater purpose. I'm just a small part of His grand, grand scheme. Robertson McKilkin wrote, God planned the strength and beauty of youth to be physical. But the strength and beauty of age is spiritual. We gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary. I don't care how beautiful or muscular or whatever you are right now, you're going to lose it. We gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary, so we'll be sure to concentrate on the strength and beauty that is forever. And that's where we really need to work the most is on the inward man. So seniors, you matter. You matter to God because of the treasure He put in you in the person of Jesus Christ. That treasure gives you a meaningful purpose, a reason for living, no matter how long you live. And that purpose is an eternal purpose that gives you and me an eternal perspective. That's a wonderful Wonderful thing that God chose to do that in earthen vessels like you and me. So I love you, senior adults. I'm proud of you. I comment all many times of, of your faithfulness and commitment and loyalty. Don't give up. Don't quit. Some of you right now, you've been asked by the nominating committee. I'm going to make a plug here for you, Glenda. And you think, well, I've, I'm just too old. I'm just too tired. I understand. And if you are not physically able 
God understands. But don't think for one second that you're too old to teach or too old to work in something because of your age. Maybe your health or other circumstances of life do hinder you from doing certain things. But don't ever let the devil say you're too old. You don't matter. Because you do. And we need you. And God's using you. And, and you may not hear it very often. You may not get a lot of kudos and praise from other people. But one day in, in heaven, if you've done it for God's glory, it will be, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I just want to add, echo that from God. You're doing a great job. And uh, keep, keep on. Keep on. And encourage us, younger folks, to keep on. We're looking to you as an example. And uh, we want to follow in the footsteps that you've laid before us. Let me pray for you.